Welcome to a somber, very special, but only in the sense of being exceptional, not in the sense of being a happy occasion episode of My Gorgeous Son. It's... It gives me no joy or pleasure today to announce that the reason this episode is exceptional is that Andy is missing. We, it has been almost one week since my last confession. No, it's been almost a week since I last saw him, and I'm, I'm devastated. We'll get to all that, but first things first, let's introduce, you know, my partners in crime. Always got my back. Some of the realest guys on the scene. Of course, it's podcasting intern from the Ryerson Podcasting Program, Everardo Ramirez. Hi, Everardo. Hey, what's up? Ryerson Podcast, uh, class of uh, 2000 something. What's up? Truly a heroic manner in which he just <laughs> sticks to the script and is in no way phased by the absence of Andy or his just now learning of that absence. Yeah, maybe he. Uh, heroic maybe, composure. Maybe he's just late. Maybe I had to wash his hands. It's been a week, you fuck. <laughs> Don't fuck around. I know how long it takes to wash hands, and it's not that long. Because It I takes was, a bit. I was almost late because I had to stop for a hot dog, and then I had to stop somewhere else to wash my hands. It's and maybe... been, oh, you st- What? You ate a street hot dog, and then you where did you go to wash your hands? I just had to pop into a cafe and pretend I was going to buy something after I used the washroom. Yeah. <laughs> You're a real scumbag. You know that. <laughs> A lot of people don't know this, but Everardo um, is the woman who threw her shit at the employees at Tim Hortons or whatever when they wouldn't let her use the bathroom. Yeah, they wouldn't let uh, her wash me wash my hand in there, so I had to do what I had to do. That's my favorite sentence in the world. They wouldn't <laughs> let her wash me wash my hand in there. Yeah, we'll clean. Seven will clean that up. Later, no, we right? won't. I want him to make it worse somehow. Oh, Everardo, it's good to laugh again. It's good to laugh again after the week I've had. We also got a special guest in town. It's Positive Jordy, Jordy Miller from Halifax slash Sackville, New Brunswick. Hey, how's it going? How are you holding up, Rolly? Oh, it's been a rough one. So, Jordy, you're here under non-auspicious circumstances. You were here in town. We were excited to have you on the podcast. What's the last time you saw Andy? What's your memory? I think Was it him saying, hey... And then not making eye contact and then running out of the Yeah, room. we had a really frenetic conversation really quick. Um, he likes to talk to me about poetry because he, he knows I wrote a book of poetry. So he does? Yeah, one time, one time he bought my book and he, he talked about reading it in L.A. and that he would show it to people. But then yeah. I think he was just being nice. Wow. And he used to write poetry. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote it on uh, bits of Kleenex with his cum. <laughs> <laughs> he hid them all over the house. Probably wouldn't read that, but yeah. He's the only uh, poet who did most of his best work into socks. <laughs> and, yet, and yet we mourn. We mourn his absence. Oh, if only he were here now, I would allow him to jizz into every sock I own. If only to see his smiling face one, once more. <laughs> <laughs> Andy was the inspiration for American Pie. Just the pie scene, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. And they cut the poetry part, I think, out. Yeah, they cut the part where Jason Biggs climaxes into the pie and goes, Oh, to be uh, in love again. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a cake? 
<laughs> or whatever. It's oh, gone too dirty. Yeah, yeah. You talk to, what does he talk to you uh, poetry about? I don't think he knows a lot about poetry. Who so does? our conversation, yeah, I don't even think I do necessarily, but our conversations don't get don't get very deep. You're like an right? English professor. Yeah, exactly. I can you go and talk about, about it. <laughs> yeah, I know it goes about this deep. I'm signaling not very much. You but. teach about poetry sometimes. Yeah, yeah. What's a good poem? What's a good teach? poem? In the station of the metro, I like to do that one. It's Ezra Pound. I usually tell them that he's a fascist right at the start, and that's not why I teach it, but right. it's 14 words. It's impressionistic. Yeah. It's like him coming up from the subway. And, and, and the way he's lined up the letters is to they form a swastika. Yeah, that's right. And I try not, I try to leave that out and let <laughs> yeah. them, I let the students discover that for themselves. Yeah. But I give them the context and the frame to understand it. But Can you recite in the, are you, do you yeah. know it well enough to recite it? I think so. The, recite it. The apparition of these faces in the crowd petals on a wet black bow or bow. He doesn't write or bow, but I just did that by ruining the poem. He writes in brackets, yeah, yeah, you have or a choice. bow, and then in more brackets, ah, jeez, <laughs> SP, question mark. <laughs> kind of ruined. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure poem. If you yeah. want bow, you turn to page 15. Yeah, those are my favorite choose-your-own-adventure books, the ones where uh, your adventure is determined by slight adjustments of grammar <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and pronunciation. And then you feel guilty and nervous about it, having messed it up. You see a dragon on the top of the stairs? Dragoon? <laughs> turn to 15. If Dragoon, turn to Stores? page 15. <laughs> if stares like stares in a house, turn to page 2. If yeah. stares like looks at you and holds the gaze, turn to Ominous. page 3. So that's, that's, the one I, that's the one I start with to the, to the skeptical what is, students. What did I think? Did I read that and they go, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And then they read that and they go, that's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. They kind of like puff out their chest and suck their teeth and go, Okay. Maybe, maybe. Maybe teaches on to something. Hey, teach. A, I had one student come up to me afterwards and say, I like the way you teach. It's very improvisational, which I, I think that might have been a subtle dig. Yeah, it's because you're always taking props and making them other things. <laughs> That's what I usually say. Is this a podium I'm, or yeah. a big old, is this one of my legs? It's, <laughs> just do a little carrot top without the props yeah. thing at the start. and uh, Best carrot top prop bit ever. Ever out of go. I like when he uh, sticks his head in his uh, briefcase and uh, never comes out for the rest of the show. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is pretty good. That's good. When he does the old, uh, the old, uh, what's down He's here? Like, oh, God, I'm, I'm stuck. Oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bit. I like it when he um, pulls out a normal object, but then there's like a big old pointy bra on it, and he says, this is if Madonna owned this thing. <laughs> that's a good one, too. <laughs> So that's a good... Do you ever feel compelled to, like, teach the poetry of Tupac, the poetry of Cobain, to reach these kids? I wonder. I even wonder when I talk about... I taught this graphic novel recently about Seattle in the 90s, and I talked about Kurt Cobain, and I apologized to them. I said, this is going to be a 30-year-old man talking to you about Kurt Cobain for an hour. I don't know how that comes off to them. And I, I honestly, because I framed it like that, I don't know whether they are able to have a genuine engagement with Kurt Cobain and with, I mean, Tupac would be probably another set of problems for me. Um, just in terms of presenting it, like trying to be hip, trying to be cool, because trying to be cool, because like raps, raps, poetry, right. And then like, check this out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you rap. Yeah. (laughs) Then it would be getting P to the O to the E to the T. That's poet. That's poet. (laughs) Pedals on a wet black bow. (laughs) Bow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bow. 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 And then I just do that. I'm just in that (laughs) loop for an hour and a half. (laughs) And I do a Tim, Tim Allen. (laughs) 
And pieces of the set uh, wipe you to another location. That's how I always end class with a big. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's if I was if I would taught a class, I would have a Wilson sidekick. Yeah, yeah. A fence separating me from a teaching assistant who wore a little bucket hat and hid behind the fence. Best bucket hat in history, Wilson or the lead singer of the New Radicals? Go. That is Mm. a good one. What do you think, Ev? I don't know. I mean, I guess the Wilson, so much of his personality is the bucket hat because yeah. that's kind of all you can see. Or so. there's a lot more to the new radicals. Yeah, he, yeah. he could is take there? it off. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> there's one hot track. That is a, yeah. Right? That's my kind of song. A song where it's your first ever radio hit and you call out 12 other musicians. Yeah, right. And that's all anyone <laughs> remembers about the song. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Fuck Beck. Yeah. Fuck Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And if you wait long, I mean, he's right in the end. I mean, call them out. And, yeah. Uh, but Most of those guys have not aged well. No, that's right. Marilyn <laughs> Manson right. making the same music video with Johnny Depp now over and over again. Both of them like flabby devils in hell fucking around on beds with models. Not exaggerating. It's, I recently watched some, a deep dove on some new Marilyn Manson oh, music yeah. videos and they are hard to watch. Hey, let's not make fun of Marilyn Manson. Let's not forget he's still recovering from when uh, a giant stage gun fell on him a last gun? year. What are you talking about? He had this like giant gun prop on stage and uh, I guess it just fell onto him. Oh god. Did, um, did he break his rib? Or? He broke, <laughs> <laughs> it broke both of his ribs. He involuntarily sucked himself up on stage. In, in, in the, Proving the, the myth. For the My Gorgeous Son drinking game, yep, we talked about cracking your own ribs to suck your own dick. Have a shot. <laughs> Once an episode. Yeah. And while you're at it, keep that booze flowing. Here's a wharf impression. <laughs> You are not Marilyn Manson. That is not. That isn't. Removing her ribs is not make you able to suck yourself off. Roth, Roth. Now, he wasn't always like that Worf's character developed. I just feel Don't I need to. Don't do this. the role of Andy. Andy's gone. And oh, Andy's gone. I just remembered. It's almost ah. like he never left by halting the podcast with a boring fact. Oh, gosh. Andy's gone. I know. Well, you know what? That's a hard... And a hard-earned segue into our next guest. I found this guy through, uh, I think someone else was wearing a t-shirt with his website on it. <laughs> it, was a, it was one of those t-shirts with a lot of shit on it. It was like, I'm, an, I'm a December baby. Yep, we fight, in brackets, for our right to party. And then underneath that, Libra, Scorpio, Norpio, you don't know. That's www.privateinvestigation.com. And then below all that, it's a middle finger. But then if you look close, it's a peace sign. I don't know. You know those shirts? It's like every single thing is on a shirt. And then we're expected to wear it. And we do. This guy's a private investigator. He owns privateinvestigation.com, the website. He's great. His name is Braden Stone. Hi, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here, Braden. That was an original t-shirt design. You, that, you made that shirt. I did. I came up with that phrase in my sleep and I put it on a shirt. You took what you wow. needed to get across, which was promoting your business, and you matched it with a whole lot of algorithms. Yeah. And you yeah. made a pretty, uh, you made a feast for the eyes. There's actually a lot more going on on that shirt than people give it credit for because uh, there's actually an acronym and, it's, oh. and it comes down to privateinvestigation.com. Oh, wow. wow. P-I- D C. But yeah. Okay. Like an acrostic poem almost. 
Yeah, almost. Right. <laughs> the poetry teacher's really laying it on yeah, thick just now. Of, <laughs> just get those terms in there. I, I, uh, um, I, I made a shirt. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it's keep, one of those keep calm and blank ons yeah. shirts, but mine is keep calm and my gorgeous son on. <laughs> is that good? And those are for sale uh, on our Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you can find those on our Facebook. You can find them at lemonparty.com. <laughs> so go there. Go check that out. I think Tyler, the creator, was wearing one at his most recent concert. Tyler. So you're an influencer now. Would that be a good... Would you talk about Earl Sweatshirt and Tyler, the creator, to connect with your kids? Probably in 20 years, I would say. 20 years? I could teach. Yeah, enough time needs to pass. I don't want to... I'm not okay. Listen, we got to get into this private investigation thing. Yes, but I got to yeah. know when you're teaching Kurt Cobain to yeah the, to a generation of millennials <laughs> or younger generation uh, Z, I think Z or Z, Z is Canada <laughs> Z, World War Z, Z Z, J Z, World yeah. War Z, uh, yeah, <laughs> Z. Uh, when you're teaching them, yeah, do they know? Like what's like? Kurt, they didn't grow up with Kurt Cobain. No. So what's their take on any of that shit? On that like whole genre, that whole genre of like when pop music was so angry for a bit, right? I, angsty for. A I bit. think it probably just reminds them of things they've heard right before. So the thing is to try to say and not sound too pedantic about it, but to try to talk about something new about yeah. the music oh, and, right. and the the scene or whatever. And what I when I really anger them is if I say like nothing new culturally has been produced in the last like thirty or forty years. Like it's all kind of reproducing. They hate that. They don't like that because they're like, what about YG? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like YG. And Do there's you? nothing. Yeah, and, yeah. And when I'm saying it, I'm not saying it like completely. Can't sing it. along, but I love it. What about Triple X Tentacion? I don't feel qualified. French rap. One, honestly, one student, and I hope he's not listening, but, or they, I hope they are not listening, oh, uh, wow. talked about Tremors as the example of something new that's been made in the last Ew. 20 or 30 years was Tremors, and then he was trying to get me, they were trying to get me to watch Tremors. Tremors? Highly recommend. Tremors? See, I don't know what I'm communicating to them, because then I had a student in another class recommend Dan Brown to me. We went through a whole semester, what? and I taught first-year English class to them, and then he said, have you heard of Dan Brown? I said, yes, of course. Yeah. And then he said, you should... Have really... you ever heard of that little bit of piss that comes out of your dick? <laughs> What's that called again? <laughs> when, you're, when you need to piss, but you're not home yet? Da, da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. The you Pinchy can read Code. that piss. Yeah, the Pinchy Code. The Pinchy, the, the Pinchy Code. <laughs> you can read a bit of your own piss if you really look at it. You re, uh, he was very insistent that I read... As a private investigator, I think that Dan Brown's methods are... Our bunk. Okay, yeah. I recommend Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Just saying, another better writer. Who? Clive Cussler. Who the hell's Clive Cussler? He wrote Inca Gold. Inca Gold? (laughs) Oh. Is that coffee? It's a trash novel that really gets to the the goods of private investigation. I think I've seen that. Is that when you use a dentist's mirror to read the area between your balls and your asshole? Inca Gold. (laughs) Inca Gold. And you can see what the ancients have carved into that area between your balls and your asshole. That's Clive Cussler's work down there, huh? (laughs) The original Nexium. Nexium. I don't know what you're talking about. Nexium is that cult um, that several celebrities just escaped where you you would get um, their their thing. Yes, and you would get their leader's name uh, branded onto your vagina. (gasps) Oh, God. I would never... Ever. Are you sure? Make oh. the followers of my cult do that. 
without really being sure and getting it in writing yeah. that they're of sound mind. And you'd have to be pretty confident in your initials signature that it like looks good and I you don't want to change don't it later. I have my signature down. It's not ready. <laughs> yeah, that's when you I'm know. still working To be on a it. cult branding tattoo. It's oh, not ready yet. It's not ready. I know it's a big round R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then most of the rest of the name is crammed into the circle part of the R. Brayden. Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone. So you're a private investigator. I am. There's a very obvious reason, and you know what it is by now, that I brought you in today. Mm-hmm. It's because my sweet boy Andy, gorgeous to the touch... Supple to your eyes. A confusing man. He's missing. He's missing. He's been missing for almost a week or a week. I don't know. I'm so confused. Look, no panic. They always say you have the first 48 days to find him. I think it's 48 hours. But still, I'm operating under Uh-oh. my strategy, which is 48 days. 48 so days. So we got plenty of time. I think we need to strategize and okay. make a plan and decide what, you know... Did he? Was he taken? I do have a very specific set of skills, but I don't know if it'll help in retrieving him. Like my what? skills are: Call of Duty, defending my obviously criminal friends, and gaslighting those I love into staying with me and being near. Let's retrace our steps. Where's the last time you saw Andy? I was holding his head underwater in the bathtub, laughing for a, for the latest in a series of online videos called Sun Torture. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. Is that is that anything? This is good. No, that's good. That's good. So we can imagine he was wet. Okay. When he left the house. It's not possible that I pushed him down the drain, is it? But let's see what else we can remember. Okay. Okay. So you were trying to drown your son. Yes. Your son Andy. Only a half way. Right. I wasn't so going to kill joke. him. Right. Even and if I wanted to kill him, that would stop the money train rolling on suntorture.com. Suntorture.com. You can't torture a dead son, is the slogan. <laughs> Thank you for the mug, by the way. You're very welcome. I love yeah. it. I just love it. It's shaped like a hand holding the top of a head underwater. Okay, so I see here on the table that you have Andy's wallet and all of his money and identification. Yeah, I took those. So that's good, so he won't get robbed. That's such a nice silver lining. Speaking of which, uh, this wallet is lined with silver. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, if Andy's safe... And he didn't go down the drain. Yeah. He might just be need dead. some time. He might be dead. But if he, he might also just need some time to itself. Did you, do you think you maybe said anything hurtful or I don't know. not nice to Andy that oh. could have made him maybe leave? The last thing I remember saying to him is uh, suntorture.com. Check it out. Right. Let's get to a million subscribers. So he's a businessman. <laughs> he, he understands the angle there, I think. So let's say he was in a good mood. Yeah. I'm unfortunately reaching the conclusion that you obviously he might... don't know Andy if you think he was in a good mood. Oh yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> nice, Again, nice. I'm so sorry for Andy. You. If you're listening, we love you. Andy's a wet blanket, and I mean that in every sense of the word. Okay, I mean that I, after I soak him, sometimes I force him to lie on top of me for my own warmth. <laughs> I think he was taken. You do? Yeah. You think so? You think he escaped from tub? I think, I think you, once you let him out from the tub, you turned your back for just a short enough amount of time, and maybe one of your enemies said, hey, maybe I'll take Andy, reach out, and get what I want. Would that explain why I have this note with letters that they are cut out from magazines to mm-hmm. spell a threatening mm-hmm. message if I ever want to see my son again? Yeah. I thought maybe I got drunk and wrote that to myself and laughed about it. So Andy's toe is in here. Are we sure it's oh. Andy's toe? Honestly, is that Andy's toe? 
It's paint. The nail is painted. Yeah, that would be something maroon. He did for sun. Yeah, that's something he did after he got his swimming certificate for passing maroon. And there's just like two little hairs on it. Yeah, <gasps> and these two pubes. So, so this you're saying that this letter that I received with magazine cutout letters and a toe with two recognizable pubes on it, this might pertain to Andy's missing. Well, I wish you had shown it to me at the beginning of our meeting, but but, but I thought yeah. it was just like a thing, a just gag a, and a goof. Yeah. It's, it seems like a clue. I don't know. It is a clue. I have another theory I think I might have known what happened. Um, well. Okay, well, yeah. Let's pivot from the professional private investigator <laughs> yeah, to yeah. podcasting. I guess, I'll, maybe, guess I'll just maybe... put these fingerprints in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, flush those. Well, I just thought, thought maybe you could help me out here because I don't know if you remember, but last week I had a pen a lot like this one. Yeah, except when you turn and it upside down, a it was missing. clothes come off. It has gone missing, and I'm thinking maybe Andy ran off with it. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So that's a well, possibility. He, well, he doesn't have. We know he doesn't have any money or credit card or identification. That's right. So a pen could come in pretty handy. He you does can. have my name and return address tattooed onto his ass <laughs> as part of my SonTorture.com first it, prank ever. So he has a pen. That's Possibly, what we know. Yeah. That's so, what. That's my theory. But we don't yeah, know. He, stole it. It. he might have a pen. Here's what I need to tell you, Ev. I stole your pen. Okay. Oh, wow. And I turned it upside down and saw the lady's top come off. That is... pervert pen. <laughs> and and my grandfather gave me that pervert pen. Yeah, I know. Because the lady's wearing a 19, early 40s <laughs> German <laughs> outfit. I can tell it's a war pervert pen that She's... your grandfather collected yeah. during the war. She's busty, though. Let's focus this. Look, look. I think we kind of breezed past the idea that maybe he just needed some space and he left. So... I mean, if Andy is listening, which I would assume he is, if he has access to the internet. I plugged his ears up with cotton, but go on. What would you say to Andy right now if you wanted him to come home? Me? Well, Ev, do you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> no, Ev, let me do this. <laughs> I would like to just say, Andy, if you did, uh, I'm sorry for blaming you of t- uh, taking my pen. Um, I... I- Still don't think you're completely not guilty of it. Andy, come home. That's Ev reaching yeah. out. Listen, yeah. If Listen, if that, if that plea from a guy you sort of know isn't enough, it's your dad, Andy. And we miss you. I, I miss you. And I know that sometimes I have a weird way of showing that I love you. I hold you underwater for... Uh, Inopportune tor- amounts of time. Do you torture him in other ways, or it's just exclusively driving? <laughs> Sometimes I duct tape his ass together and tail whip him like Estevez in Breakfast Club says. Um, sometimes. I I don't know. I, I call him pig, and I smash him over the head with a rock. I, I make... I make rules, and then I change the rules last minute. Like I make rules of like, here's the three things you have to do not not to be tortured, and he does them, but I torture him anyway. And then I laugh, I laugh. Okay, um, so this is a be- maybe this path of reminding him of the a torture. Dog fighting ring with his pet dog, and then I force okay. him to dress up as a dog and fight his own dog to the death. Okay, so. <laughs> These are these are strong memories. These are bad. Are these bad? Look, it's important that it's it's true is what really matters. He gets a cut of the advertising money from suntorture.com. Andy And by a cut I mean I take the money, buy a nice <laughs> knife, and then cut him a bit. 
<laughs> for another video. Andy, we want you to come home, okay? Wherever you are. And your dad, yes, he's remembering these funny games you guys play, but he misses you. I miss you. And he loves you. Yeah. Lo- you love him? Yeah. And he loves you, and he wants you to come home, and Ev loves you. I, I love you. And if you don't come back, can I have your PlayStation 4? Wow. These are, you know, yeah. Rolly, do you have anything you want to say? Um, Before we... First of all, shout out to Miskovich. Shout out to Sharon. <laughs> to Andy. Do you want to shout out to Andy? Andy, Andy right, right. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Andy. Andy, listen, wherever you are, I can see you right now in my mind's eye. You've, you weren't taken, I know that. In my heart, I, I, I see your tiny body. With your little bindle over your shoulder and your old west vest on your cowboy hat and your little mouse nose poking out from under that you're going west you're going west and there's probably a sheriff in town who's a big cat you already had your american tail you came to the new world that seemed hard enough but now andy you're you're packing up your little cheese in a bindle and you're going west and some people are going to say that your story was done after you moved to the new world, your immigrant tale. But I, I think, I'm thinking of Five O Goes West. I pushed Andy away, didn't I? I'm glad you found <clears throat> your own path to that realization because I didn't want to tell you that my suspicions are that you pushed him right out the door. I'm going to make a change. I'm not going to do any of that crap anymore. I'm done torturing him. I just want him back. If Ev was Andy right now, and you wanted to tell him you love him, and not go off on a torture tangent, yeah, but would look at look at Ev, pretend he's Andy, and say, and okay. tell him tell him that you love him, but honestly, uh, okay. Just before I do this, clarify for me: when you say torture, does that include tipping him backwards at an angle, holding a cloth over his mouth, and then pouring bits of water on that cloth? Yeah, that's yes, absolutely. That's waterboarding. Is that waterboarding? That's what. That's well, how waterboarding kind of works. Tortures. There's different ways to waterboard, but that qualifies. Okay, okay, and just to be hundred percent clear, when you say torture, do you mean atta- attaching like little electrical prongs to, to his, where to his lovely tiny balls? Okay, that's yeah. torture. If that's you, torture and his tongue. If you had said his biceps, then I'd say it's like Doctor Ho's muscle clinic thing, and it's good for you, but yeah, not on the balls. Yeah, trying to make his muscles bigger. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to make his balls bigger? No. And just be 100% clear. When you say torture, like if I dangle him by one foot off a balcony, Shug style, and shake him till the money comes out of his pockets, and then go to the bathroom on him, and then force him at the risk of his own death to say, I like it when you do that. Is that torture? Yes, but my question is, who collects the change from a Suge-style balcony hanging where the money is falling several floors and spreading out over a wide radius, you would have to imagine? I do it into one of those big installations that sometimes are outside of science centers where the coins fall in and they go through a Rube Goldberg (laughs) machine and then it's kind of funny to watch. If the change is going into one of those things, maybe that's not torch. That could be charity, technically. Yeah, but then I collect the proceeds from that. (laughs) It's my machine. Well, hmm. Does muddy things a bit. Uh, well, it, so I've tortured my boy. You tortured. I've tortured my son. 
So if, if, if you were Andy, what I would say to you is, I'm sorry. Bring it in for a hug. and no. you, could, you could stop there. Yeah. You don't have to keep going. Whatever else you're going to say is going to make it worse. Okay. Because I am. I was about to hug him with barbed wire wrapped around my chest and hands and arms. In a way that I'm used to, Princess Bride guy style. I've slowly gotten used to barbed wire so I can hurt Andy with it. Because he'll never be used to it. Ugh. Yeah, and he does have thin skin. You nicked yourself just a little bit with barbed wire to build up a resistance to barbed wire forever? <laughs> every, every day for a year. <laughs> After a while, barbed wire can't hurt you anymore so if you're used to it. So that's why you're just a huge callus. Yeah, that's why I present as callus. If I was Andy, I'd say, I love you too, Dad. And you know what? To me, that wasn't torture. That was uh, father-son bonding. Oh my god. Rolly never said I love you. <laughs> Did I not? I meant to. You know, Jordy. Yeah. I used to be a professor. Is that right? Yeah. What did you teach? I taught at the at Bishop's University. Okay. In Lennoxville, Quebec. Yeah. And I taught in the faculty of telling it like it is. <laughs> yeah. Did you get good uh, evaluations? I did, and I published. Regularly, okay, and I published, uh, and I and I was a good teacher. It was the early days of those, like mark how spicy your teacher is, right? Chili reports or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the chili report. I was spicy as hell. Rate my professor. Yeah, rate, rate my professor. Rate that's, my what professor. that's what it is. Yeah, and yeah. I would always get five yeah. chilies out of five. <laughs> that's <laughs> all re- it is. It's I just chili. Spiciest professor. Wow, I'm impressed. I usually get like two or three, but five. Chilies? Yep. Yeah, five is a lot. You gotta get five. Yeah. Five alarm chili spice, professor boy. I was one of the first pop culture studies professors. Is that right? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. I was early days postmodernism. Right. Uh, okay. I'm Bringing in pop that. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still have a good name in school or is that sort of people are a bit over it? I think we're still with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I published, you know, I would publish, you know, um, like, uh, uh, I really pushed for, like, um, st- studying pop culture things as if they were texts. Right, yeah. Texts. So, sometimes they can seem a bit tortured, like, to apply all that high abstract thinking to... It's funny you should mention tortured, because <laughs> <laughs> I have some things to say about that. I, so I was the first person ever yeah. to publish a... A full book of essays about Friends sitcom. Right. Specifically, the role of the abject. Right. As represented by Marcel the monkey in Friends. Wow. Wow. And all the essays were about that? Yeah. It was Julia Kristeva's theory of the abject colon... An examination of Marcel the monkey in sitcom Friends. Wow. It was good. Yeah. Yep. I said that Marcel the monkey represented that which society would prefer to be left unsaid. (laughs) And that Ross's relationship with Marcel the monkey was uh, incestuous in a literal sense. Right. Right. Not a metaphor. No. No. And it was dark and it was awful. Yeah. And that's what Friends was. I also published a book of essays on Seinfeld. Okay. okay. Called Hello Newman. <laughs> Neighborliness in the age of oh, wow. the post-50s Reagan suburban <laughs> yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, right, right. 
I could see that being appealing, like the neighbor, like as uh, a threat. The neighbor has threat. Yeah, right. The neighbor has new localized threat. Right, right. Yeah, I think Sigmund Freud has a thing with that. No, no. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. my area, not my field. But did he mention Newman? Sigmund Freud. No, that's so. the thing. That's what makes Rolly's work so innovative. Newman is a Jungian archetype. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Newman. Now I know why you're so upset about Freud. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm a young guy to the to the core. The, the cream mythic. of some young guy is what I call it when I splooge. <laughs> like name some other Jungian archetypes. One's the Newman. There's yeah, the Newman. Newman. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call it? the guy who lives across the hall and? Kind of barges into your apartment. That's the Kramer. Okay, yeah, that's the one. There's the Peterman. All the Jungian archetypes are represented in Seinfeld yeah. sitcom. Okay, I didn't know that. I liked how you talked about Newman in your other book, Mad About Mad About You. That's right. <laughs> right. Which is less substantive, but... Yeah, I mean, it was really just the complaint that Newman wasn't in that show <laughs> over and over again. And that that show had a critical lack of the Newman archetype, which didn't allow us to explore... Uh, Paul Reiser's Psyche. Anyway, and the last book I wrote. Yeah. This one was the good one. Okay. This one was... Um, Lord of the Frings? Oh. Yes, it was Lord of the Frings. That's right. You know when you go to Harvey's and they have... You can get fries. Fries that and are rings. rings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what theoretical concepts did you... What didn't it oh, cover? Things that, are, that appear as one thing but are actually two. Oh. The double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Kafka's double. That's perfect. In in the Harvey's Fring, <laughs> as represented by Frodo and the Ring, the true original Fring. Frodo was the fry, the right. Ring was the Ring. Right. What's Together, they were powerful, but they should not have been together. Right. Because being Fring hurt the very nature of what Frodo was. Mm-hmm. So I wrote my book about, it's a series of essays on why Frodo and the ring are fring, but also that's a Harvey's thing. (laughs) My book was sponsored by Harvey's to sell the new frings. Perfect. I ended up hurting sales because A, the text was too dense, and B, I ultimately came out against it. (laughs) Over and over again. Anti-fring. Sam's kind of um, like a buddy burger from A&W. Oh, best A&W burger. Teen burger, buddy Mm. burger. Uncle Burger. I'm a mama guy. Mama Burger. I'm a mama guy. Stepdad Burger. burger. Stepdad Burger. Stepdad. Yeah. Guy next door who, uh, Creep Burger. Creep Burger. Hung Mailman Burger. Hung Mailman yeah. Burger is good. Yeah, that is good. And then, of course, everyone's favorite. It's your niece, Burger. <laughs> it's small. It's way too small. It's not filling. It's a niece burger. Niece Burger. Special occasions. And then everyone's favorite favorite, mm-hmm. Mayor Burger. <laughs> burger fit for the mayor. That's so good. Only the mayor in every town can order it. That's right. Yeah. It's A&W's least successful, most desired burger. <laughs> it's a good burger. It's pretty good, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I hear, yeah. Tap, tap on the nose. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that Rob Ford died choking on a mayor burger. Couldn't handle it. He didn't realize there was a key inside the burger that was going to release <laughs> his brother Randy from jail. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Randy. <laughs> he was in jail at the time for uh, just getting too loose at a downtown bar. Yeah. <laughs> on a bull. On a mechanical bull. Best Ford brother. In order. Mm, okay. Is it Rob? Is it Doug? Is it Randy? Ooh. Is it 
The sister. Yeah, the, the sister. Yeah. Maybelline. Oh, Maybelline. Is it? Maybe it's Maybe. Maybelline. Yeah. For Is me, it? it goes like this. It goes Brandy, yeah. Rob, yeah. Donatello, yeah. Leonardo, yeah. Doug, okay. Splinter, yeah. <laughs> Splinter Ford. And the, yeah. the other two I forget. April O'Neil Ford. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jones Ford. And Shredder Ford. Shredder Ford. Bebop. Rob and Doug Ford are so much like Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Randy Ford is for sure the guy that holds Krang in oh, his tummy. What is the name of that thing? Big, uh, big old Krang suit. Randy looks like he's maybe one of the leaders of the Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Who fights with the uh, Bebop and Rocks in Bebop and Rocksteady? Yep. In a cross universe. Oh, I love Randy Ford. I want a sticker of uh, Randy Ford doing the Calvin peeing on a GM. Logo, <laughs> not Ford. Did you know that Randy is seven feet two inches tall? I didn't know that. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he's. T- they call him Toronto's Kane of wrestling fame. He's got a mangled face. He wears a mask. He comes from the graveyard. He uh, hurts you. Hurts you bad. But then he becomes a politician. Yeah, eventually. He, he won two rings protecting Michael Jordan in the paint. <laughs> Which one does that Luke make Longley? him? Bill Wennington? That makes him Bill uh, Wennington. Bill Wennington. He's also Bill Wennington. Wennington? Is yeah. that what it was? He's Canadian. Was he? Yeah. What? No, <gasps> no. What, what about, maybe he's actually Luke Longley. Luke Longley, Luke Longley's yeah. Australian. Aussie? Aussie? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Look out, Michael. Luke Longley <laughs> is yeah. the most Australian name in the world. Yeah. Longley. Yeah. yeah. What's that Longley fellow's name? Yeah, that seems like a place you wouldn't want to visit. Longley, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It's lonely, and it's long. That's Longley. So, those are all the books I've written. Okay. Time for the part of the show where Everardo takes over for a bit and probably talks about the Baldwins too much, and then it's over. Take it away, Ev. All right, so... uh because you were a pop culture uh, professor for many years, I thought we, this game would be kind of pop culture based. Okay. And uh, two of the biggest things in pop culture right now are uh, Marvel heroes yep. and RuPaul's Drag Race. Best uh, Marvel hero on three. One, two, three. The guy, Watch. the flying guy. <laughs> the one, who's the flying guy? You know, he dresses like Iron Man, but he's not Iron Man. Don Cheadle plays him. Oh, War Cheadle. Machine. War Machine. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. That's, I forgot how easily yeah. that rolls off the, the tongue. <laughs> War machine. Okay, so it sounds like uh, none of you guys know a lot about uh, Marvel or RuPaul. I, I'm oh, well yeah. versed is, in uh... War Machine's backstory. RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. So I'm just gonna uh, shout out some names, and we'll just say what you think they're from: the Marvel universe or the RuPaul Drag Race uh, cinematic universe. Oh, this is gonna be good. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Proxima Midnight. Ooh. Ooh. I think that's from RuPaul's Drag Race. You gotta yeah. think that's RuPaul. But yeah. it's also funny to imagine that that's one of the fucking dick-ass <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy right. people. Mm. I'm Trotting going around Motown or whatever. <laughs> what that, if we had a bunch of bullshit-ass <laughs> dudes trotting around a Motown? With their leader. Maybe Groot so cute. Their leader, dick-ass. <laughs> yeah. Charming dick ass with the pecs. <laughs> Chris Pratt. So should I reveal these? I don't know. This game's gonna work. Proxima Midnight. Um, I'm gonna guess that it's uh, I don't know, a fucking talking uh, toenail from Guardians <laughs> Universe. Except it 
And I think it's a lovely run, drag queen. Runs a pawn mm. shop that dick ass needs to buy something from for info well, and intel. That is half point for Rolly. It is from the Marvel Universe. What? Oh. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> It's uh, one of Thanos' uh, bad oh. guys. That's for sure from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy initially, right? Well, same cosmic kind of side of the Marvel world. Oh, God. The Marvelverse encapsulates us all now. <laughs> You're in Thanos' <laughs> story as well. <laughs> I am Thanos'. Thanos it yeah. just keeps happening. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. What that a... feels all right. Yeah. I like the raccoon guy who's rude. <laughs> You guys like the raccoon guy who's rude, or like the tree guy who's rude? We love him so. He's so cute. I love Groot. <laughs> I just remembered Groot. He's so rude. He's he's not rude actually. He's sweet. Sorry, I said root. Oh, he's root. Root. He's a root dude. All right. What about uh, Jinx Monsoon? Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> that is Wolverine's real name when he's not dressed up. Yeah. When he's not dressed up. That's the that's the name when he's not dressed up as Wolverine or Logan. He goes by Jinx Monsoon. That's how he books hotel rooms. Jinx Monsoon does sound like it could be an alternate name for that like Louisiana Playboy from the old X Men cartoon. Remember him? Wow. Gambit? Yeah, Gambit. Jinx Monsoon. Yeah. Ah uh, see. Mi amor. What's he always saying? Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. My name is Jinx Monsoon. Hey. He really seemed cool in the cartoon when you were young, and then yeah. boy, oh boy, that did not age well. Do you want to play a blackjack? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. These ones blow up, Sherry. <laughs> Just kidding. I can't play cards. <laughs> I'd like to, but Jinx <laughs> Monsoon. So that's what he sounds like, obviously. Um, Monsieur. Oh, who the hell is it? I don't know. Is it like? <sighs> Some fucking scientist who's not... He's like the fifth biggest bad, bad guy in the latest <laughs> Spider-Man movie or whatever. Oh, I hope they get Spider-Man right. That's my least favorite thing in culture. It's people, ooh, if only they could nail the casting on Spider-Man, those movies would be good. I think they... I, just, I mean, that, how are they ever going to capture the right combination of tenderness and wit? Snark and naivete. I want a movie that's just several scenes back-to-back of... Uncle Ben saying, with great power comes great responsibility, and then Batman's parents being shot to death in an alley, and then just redone over and over again. You want that movie? That's what culture is now. So Yeah, I want the reboot. I just want one Spider-Man movie that's, he gets bit by the spider, and you know that part of the movie where he doesn't quite understand the responsibility part yet? So he's got the power. Mm-hmm. He was bullied in school, so he's just walking down the hall like the bully who always gets him. He's going to, like, go shove his head into the fucking toilet or something. But then he, like, trips him and everyone laughs. And he, like, lands on his ass and shits himself or whatever, the bully. I just want that as the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Just Spider-Man's Revenge. Spider-Man High School. Fucking with everyone. Getting grounded. Beating the shit out of his principal. <laughs> running the school. Winning Prom King. Yep. Pigs blooding some poor sap. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, yeah that totally. was uh, RuPaul's okay. Drag Race. All right. Jinx Monsoon. All right. What about uh, Ebony Ma? Ebony Ma? (laughs) Sounds insensitive. Yeah, what do we say that's not going to be wrong here? (laughs) Is it a Marvel character, RuPaul character, or an old jazz singer? No, you did it. You did it, Ev. I don't know why you did it, but you did it. My my answer is that I think whatever the right answer is, is correct. I affirm the right answer as well. Ebony Ma. Well, that's not wrong. I'm going to say that this is a Marvel thing, and it's from like, um, I don't know. 
like Thor past Ebony Ma once in a crowd in the <laughs> Asgard or something, and Ebony Ma like ran like a it's like a fishmonger or something, <laughs> and Thor was like on his way to talk to Dad, and then Ebony Ma was like, "Morning, Thor." Uh, the usual? And Thor's like, not today, Ebony Ma. I'll be, <laughs> be back for the fish I buy later. It's Asgard. So RuPaul's Drag Race. It is Marvel. Oh, Another man. one of Thanos' guys. Ah, <laughs> man. Wow. That seems like a catch-all bag for the worst yeah. names. Yeah. Ebony yeah. Ma. Wow. wow. Go ahead, Ev. All right. Just uh, What about Angela? Just Angela? Just Angela. Isn't that the uh, who's boss? Who's the boss? Angela. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different game. Is that her name? Wow, yeah. who's the boss is in the Marvel Universe? Angela. Is it two words or one? Mm. One. Okay. Oh, yeah. Angela would for <laughs> sure be a Thanos goon. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Anything goes in the Thanos uh, crew. Fucking Thanos. Has anyone, I have not seen that one where he, I guess, kills everyone at the end. Oh, Spoiler you alert. gotta see it. No. <laughs> looks like it's shit. It's actually good. No, it's not. <laughs> There's none of them are good. It's none a, of them are good. It's it's the same as the, all the other ones. They're all the same. Which yeah, you but, know what? Frankly, the level of okayness in all of them is pretty high. I might Ant-Man. be uh, just confused because these are the only movies I see, but uh, they're all good. That's the only movies yeah. anyone sees anymore. They don't even the call they don't call them exist. movies anymore. They call yeah. them Stan Lees, Marvels. Yeah, that's right. Stan, let's go see the latest Stan Lee. Should we go see a Stan Lee? Yeah. My the only movies I like are films. Pushing up the bridge of my glasses. I like a film. Yeah. Sue me. Something from the 70s, maybe. Yeah. Then you would love Thanos, because he's like kind of smart. Oh, this. I yeah. probably would like him. Yeah. He talks yeah. low and slow, kind of like Worf. Oh, I love Worf. He's got a wrinkly Have a shot. face. Okay. Here we go. You know, you are not this galaxy's defenders. <laughs> not as strong as me. And there you have it. Angela is from the Marvel Universe. She's oh. Thor's sister. Oh. Angela. Oh, what? No. Played by Kate Blanchett. I swear to God, no, not that sister. The less interesting one that's not in the movie. He gets to be called Thor, and she's called Angela. (laughs) How come one part of Marvel is that they just took all those Greek things and then stopped making up their own stories? (laughs) Yeah, what the. I think it's because literally it's all pulling from source material where some of the writers were good and some were so lazy. <laughs> and Stan Lee didn't care enough to draw a line between the two. I don't know. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. I hope it's not too hot down there. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> wow. I you, don't know. You seem like a good guy. Today you've ruined 31 movies by, with your little appearance. <laughs> I, I'm so... I really, at first, was upset when they had an entire Oscar category for best Stan Lee cameo in a Marvel film, but I grew to love it. You know and what? I thought that cameo in the fourth Hulk was the rightful winner. <laughs> I thought that that's the one that should have won when Stan Lee eats the tainted food from factory down south <laughs> and Hulk is involved. Stan Lee, American hero, Check best cameo the... since Hitchcock or Check out all the memorial Stan Lee art on Reddit Marvel. You'll see some crude drawings of Hulk crying and a speech bubble that says, says Hulk sad oh, God. over Stan Lee's grave. Oh my God. How is Google not done where their every letter in Google is a Stan Lee yet bent over to Can make me? a G? A tombstone for an L. How have we not done this yet? Google, what are we waiting for? The O's are his eyeballs. 
Another G is him also bent over in agony. <laughs> his face showing the strain. And the E is him uh, being elder abused by his caretakers oh in his later yeah. years. The, the, e is, <laughs> the E is several. Each prong of the E is a hand rewriting his will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, to a new and less deserving heir. But are we not all Stanley's heirs? Well, according to his latest will, there's only one heir, and that's his most recent caretaker. Oh, God. So, is that real? Uh, probably. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's depressing. Yeah. Don't look into it. He's, he's the new Shakespeare. <laughs> he's, he's who we will study. Well, I hope yeah. so. Stanley, you know, he's great. And, you know, and he's an heir to the Shakespeare thing, because the best part of every Shakespeare play is when Shakespeare shows up for a sec. When Romeo and Juliet, when Juliet goes, uh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou? Uh, oh, hey, Stan. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? <laughs> apples, apples. Want to buy some apples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's my Shakespeare impression. That's Shakes. Oh, that's Will. William Shakespeare's great. I like it when he's the bear in A Winter's Tale for a sec. <laughs> Exit chased by a bear. But then in brackets under those stage directions. But look closer. Recognize that bear? <laughs> yep. That's the playwright himself. That's Will Shakespeare. Intermission. Or when uh, Henry VIII uh, gets decapitated. And then Stan Lee's over there and goes, Holy smokes! <laughs> William Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm He's sorry. Stan Lee was there too. He was, oh, yeah. ri- he was prophesied <laughs> by William Shakespeare. It was his time to die. He was old. He was old. Holy uh, smokes! <laughs> My favorite Stan Lee cameo in any movie is when uh, Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man. He gets bit by the spider, and then uh, it cuts it pans over to Stan Lee holding a cage marked uh, "Spiders Do Not Release." And he's kind of got—he's sort of like tipped it over, like he's tripped a bit. And he looks at the camera and he goes, "Did I do that?" (laughs) My favorite Stan Lee cameo is in Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. When they, they first enter the big orgy, oh, yeah. and then the guy who's really balling that one woman lifts up his mask, and Stanley, and he goes, holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. My favorite Stanley cameo is in Chicken Run. <laughs> when one of the chickens doesn't run, and they're like, are you going to run with us? And then he pulls up his clay face to reveal a human Stanley face. He looks at the camera and goes, get me out of here. <laughs> I love it. And what's your favorite Stanley cameo? Uh, my favorite Stanley cameo has to be the real Stanley cameo, where he says, "I got a package for Tony Stank," and everyone loves it. They go wild in the no. theaters when he says that. Stank instead he says, of Stark. It's, it's really funny. What I mean, is that? A wait, wait. That's I just remember my actual favorite Stanley cameo. What is it? It's in Rush Hour Three. <laughs> When Chris Tucker jumps off first and he grabs the ribbon to, to so that it turns into a slide. Yeah. And then Jackie Chan's the only way down from the roof. He has to slide down the ribbon. Yeah. And he's going real fast and he looks to his left and who's sliding beside him but Stan Lee going, holy smoke. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. My favorite Stan Lee cameo is in Philadelphia. But <laughs> it's Tom Hanks is on his deathbed. And he says, uh, so what do you think, Doc? And uh, he looks over and it's Stanley and he goes, you know what? I think this one's above my pay grade. And then he hands the clipboard to a real doctor and slaps him on the back and he says, good luck. Let's not forget Stanley's uh, amazing cameo in the show Bonanza. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. He's just screaming at a Chinese chef and it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. He really gives it to others. 
He's a, he's dotted all over the history of cinema. If you if you yeah. actually he his first cameo, believe it or not, is as a, a small infant in the carriage going down the stairs in Battleship Potemkin. Oh wow, he was that infant, yeah. was he? Yeah, right when he gets to the bottom, the baby sits up straight and goes, "Holy smokes!" Yeah, I remember it was the only English line. But it was, it was good. But actually, I can top you there. Because I know he had a cameo in Train Coming Towards the Screen, scaring the audience for the first time. He was the conductor in the train. And uh, right before it comes out the screen, he looks at the audience and he goes, eh, This is my stuff. Get out of the way! What are you doing in here? It's honestly amazing how quick his cameo is in the literary work, The Epic of Gilgamesh. But it's there. He's the guy who says right near the beginning of the book, uh, Gilga who? Gilga what? You know uh, the story of Adam and Eve? Oh, how yeah. the snake says, is actually, people are like, is the snake Stanley? The snake's the devil. Stanley's the apple that, that she takes a bite out of. And he goes, ow! Yeah. That hurt! <laughs> Careful, lady! I don't come to where you work. Thinking about this is getting me choked up. Just you know, thinking uh, how beautiful I'm his life has in, been. I'm crying over here. Oh, thinking about Stanley's. It's so sad. Thinking about Stanley's breakout performance as the clay and ghost. Oh that, yeah. That gets molded. Yeah. I love it when, as the clay, he looks up at what's going on and says, "Get a room." <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, I love how often Stanley would cameo in pre-literary oral <laughs> tradition stories of ancient Greece, Greece and beyond. I love so much that Socrates said, I think therefore I'm just kidding you. Socrates is over there. It's me, Stan. He was in the allegory. Wait, did he say, I think therefore I am? Who the hell was that? That was Rene Descartes. God damn it. That was Descartes. He was in the allegory of the cave. He's like, hey, can we uh, change the channel on this fire? Yeah. His lines were bad even then. I love that on the seventh day, God rested and Stan took over for a bit. We're still in that era, allegedly. It's hard to go further back than that. But there you have it. Stan, rest in peace. Um, I love when he crawled out of the ocean the first time he grew legs. Yeah. When Stan was the first to grow legs... He looked around for the first time, land, the first sea animal that was going to try and make land work for it. And he said, he looked around at the other uh, sort of rep fish things with legs and he said, uh, bit of a fixer upper. <laughs> Jordy's got to go. So he's, uh, he's hitting the road. He's at the door. Bye, Jordy. Bye. I'm going to go look for Andy, I think. Okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah, go uh, have a look. That's a yeah. good idea. Uh, start in the drain of the tub. Okay. And then probably move to more plausible places. I'll work outwards. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks like his for apartment. Nice to meet you all. Well, you know what? It's as good a time as any to wrap this up. Um, this episode was, of course, about my son being missing and not 25 minutes of Stanley cameo riffs. Well, thank you so much, uh, Braden Stone. Thank you. Private investigator. I hope that you'll continue your uh, work trying to find my son. As long as you keep paying me. I will. I will do that. I will continue to pay you with the proceeds from suntorture.com. Mr. Braden Stone, is there uh, any um, comedians in Toronto that you would like to recommend? Twitter accounts that they could follow? Sketch groups who have videos? Such things? Winky? 
Not off the top of my head, no. Okay, well, just off the top of my head, you can check out Miguel Rivas on Twitter. You can check out the sketch group Tony Ho. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they've got sketches all over YouTube. You can type in Tony, that's Tony. Ho, that's H-O for Ho. Or you can come to Rap Battles. Uh, we do it every month. Or you can go to the monthly wonderful show Rap Battles at Comedy Bar. Look out for it. It's a great show. You're going to have a lot of fun. Um, There'll even be one in February. Probably. <laughs> we want every month. Um... Thank you to our producer, Stefan. Thank you to Positive Jordy, Jordy Miller, who's gone back to have tenure canceled on him at, uh, in his hometown in New Brunswick. And you know what? Let's all just take, pick up our glasses and pour one out for my missing gorgeous boy. Farewell, Andy. Bye, everyone!